1: Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code
0: GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv,
1: an unmatched dual threat.
0: What's up, guys? Welcome to this podcast. My name is Salman Ali, at Salman NV on Twitter. We're going to be doing something unique over the next couple of episodes of this podcast. Obviously, all everybody wants to talk about for the Rockets right now is possible head coaches, so that's exactly what we're going to do. Over the next two episodes, we will preview head coaching candidates for the Rockets going into next season, and what we're going to do is break it up between coaches with a past or present connection to the Houston Rockets organization and coaches without one at all. There were several different ways we could have broken this up. We could have done former head coaches versus assistant coaches, we could have done former players versus non-former players, but I actually think the way we broke it up is actually the best framing to look at Houston's coaching search. So for this episode, we're going to be previewing possible Houston coaches with Adam Spolane of Sports Radio 610. I hope you guys enjoy.
1: Blue Liar.
0: Russell Westbrook is off to Houston. It's going to be scary. Not for us. <laughs>
1: Angeles. And Westbrook
0: is on the freeway. And we are back, joined by Adam Spoolane of Sports Video Six Ten. Um, all right, Adam. So for the next couple podcasts, uh, I'm going to be talking about possible Rockets head coaches. I touched on this in my last podcast with Jonathan Fagan, but now it's the only thing I'm going to be talking about in this podcast. And there's a lot of names here. So I thought I'd break it up into two podcasts. On today's podcast, you and I are going to be talking about coaches with links to the the Rockets organization. Before we get into specific names, Adam, what quality do you think is the most important for this job?
1: Uh, I think it's being able to have the respect right away of the veterans that are on this team. Obviously, mainly James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon, and P.J. Tucker. I think that you need immediate buy-in from them from the start. I don't think you want to have to waste any time with the relationship and getting to know each other and all that sort of stuff they just not that. They just don't have that sort of time. I mean, all these guys are older. Uh, James Harden's thirty-one. Russell Westbrook will be thirty-two soon. Same thing with Eric Gordon. PJ Tucker's thirty-five. So, and also PJ Tucker's on the last year of his contract. So, uh, the window is is closing awfully quickly. You don't really have a ton of time for everyone to get to know each other and to try and install some sort of a new crazy system.
0: Uh, I had a simple answer. I think the most important quality is going to be the relationship he or she has or would develop with James Harden. Um, in fact, you're going to hear that come up a lot when I describe some of these coaches. I think the star and head coach relationship is so important when you're talking about a possible title contender. The first thing Mike D'Antoni did when he got the job in 2016 was call James Harden and establish a relationship with him. And that paid off in the long run. They were, they were really tight up until the end. And that, that was a really fruitful re- for relationship for both of those two guys. Here's the list I have right now, so you have a better idea of what I'm talking about. So basically, anyone with a past or present link to the organization. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, Brett Gunnings, Chris Finch, Kenny Atkinson, Sam Cassell, Kelvin Sampson. So eventually, we'll get to all these coaches at some point in the podcast. But Adam, out of all those names, which name interests you the most? Which name pops out at you?
1: Kelvin Sampson. I think that is, to me... That should be number one on their list, and really that should be the only name on their list. That's what I think. I think it sh- this, is- this should be Kelvin Sampson's job. I think that he is the perfect fit for what they're looking for.
0: So the links to the organization are pretty obvious, right? Like Tillman <laughs> basically funds the University of Houston's athletic department. That's obviously their head coach, and he was... Really tight with James Harden when in his time here. James Harden actually still goes to U of H games to go watch that team because of Kelvin Sampson. So those two guys are super tight. Eric Gordon and Kelvin Sampson are tight, you know, from their time in Indiana. Like, I think the links there are pretty obvious. I think the experience is there. You know, I, I'm, I'm not really sure like what people think of Kelvin Sampson as a head coach at the NBA level, but I think it does seem like a natural transition
1: let me take the relationship stuff one step further. Um Obviously not only are, are James Harden and Kelvin Sampson close, but Kelvin Sampson was the assistant coach that would put James Harden through his pregame routine every single night. And that was obviously uh, before he took the U of H job. Um He's got a relationship with PJ Tucker, having coached against him when, when Tucker was at Oklahoma or rather, rather uh, Tucker was at Texas and, and Sampson was at o- Oklahoma. Obviously you mentioned Gordon, but, um, Eric Gordon was not committed to Indiana. Eric Gordon was committed to Illinois, and then Kelvin Sampson took over at Indiana, and he got Eric Gordon to switch his commitment. Um, Gordon is also uh, a frequent visitor to U of H basketball games. And one more thing, too, on Harden. The day that Kelvin Sampson was introduced as the U of H head coach, Harden was in the crowd at Hoffines Pavilion. So that relationship is very, very strong. Uh, he interviewed to be the Rockets head coach uh, when uh, kept, when they hired Kevin McHale, he got multiple interviews for that job. He was Kevin McHale's lead assistant uh, for those first two seasons um, or actually first three seasons. So he he was the lead assistant for the first three seasons. Um, so to me, that's why I, I would go along with him.
0: Yeah, that was very much a Tyloo and Cleveland situation, right? Where the Rockets hired the runner up candidate to be the, the lead assistant. And There was a lot of talk about if the Rockets were to move on from Kevin McHale, you know, Kelvin Sampson seems like the natural transition and, you know, he he took the U of H job and that never happened. But I I know, I know he was definitely mentioned as a possible replacement for Kevin McHale.
1: He wasn't necessarily the runner up when Kevin McHale got the job, but they really liked him. So it it was between McHale, uh, it was between Dwayne Casey, and then uh, the last coach that they really considered um, was Lawrence Frank. But he was kind of on that next tier, and mostly it's because he really didn't have a ton of experience in the NBA. He had been an assistant with the Bucks after he got fired at Indiana. and That was really all the NBA experience that he had, but they really liked him. Uh, he's he's well-respected because when he got fired by Indiana, uh, he went to San Antonio for basically a few months just to go kind of sit under, under Pop. And uh, Pop has always spoken very highly of him.
0: So if you read my, my last newsletter, this isn't too much of a surprise for you guys, but I have down Chris Finch. Uh, this is a guy The Rock has discovered overseas. He worked his way through the coaching ranks in Houston, and he was the lead assistant in New Orleans this season. Uh, he also has a relationship with James Harden from his time on Kevin McHale's staff. He knows the organization. He knows Daryl. If he were to get his first head coaching chance somewhere... I couldn't think of a better place for him than his old stomping grounds in Houston. The only problem is here, uh, I think the Rockets are a little bit nervous about hiring a first-time head coach that wasn't a former NBA player. From my memory, I don't think they've ever done that before as an organization, but if they were going to do it, this is the guy I would look at.
1: Yeah, it's possible. Um, the one thing with Finch and they do, they love him. I mean, they basically Rick Adelman did not want to remain the head coach because Daryl Morey essentially wanted Chris Finch on the staff. So that was a big reason why Rick Adelman did not come back as head coach after his four years. Not the only reason, but it was one of them. Um, offensively a lot of what they do is what Chris Finch was doing. uh, when he was an assistant under McHale, um, the one thing he has the relationship with Harden, but he really doesn't have a, a relationship with anyone else on the, that's on the team right now. I mean, Russell Westbrook was not with the Rockets when Chris Finch uh, was in Houston. Same thing with Tucker and Gordon and everyone else. So I think that's the one thing that kind of, uh, that, that makes this a little tougher is that you just don't have the relationships with everyone else. And he's been gone for a little bit too. It's been a while since Chris Finch was even here. Uh, it's been four years essentially since he was here. So uh and they did not exactly push to keep him on the staff once Mike D'Antoni was hired so I I do think that makes some sense but I'd be interested in in what they think of him now as compared to four years ago
0: so you mentioned that he doesn't know
1: everybody else on the team
0: one guy that does know everybody else on the team is Brett Gunnings so The Rockets have liked Brad Gunnings for a long time. I mean, he's been with the team since 2008. He's a really smart guy. He designs a lot of their plays over the last 10 years. Mike D'Antoni ran the offense alongside him. Uh, This is another guy along with Chris Finch where it's like he's paid his dues. He's probably going to be a head coach one day. He's more than familiar with the organization. He's really tight with the current roster, which is something you can't say about Chris Finch or anybody else on this list. Um, He's been with James Harden his entire career in Houston. And listen, I don't think he's going anywhere. Whoever the Rockets hire, I think Brett Gunnings is likely going to be a prominent part of that coaching staff. The Rockets have been through three different head coaches now, and Brett has been not only kept, but promoted that entire time. So I think it's a, it's real, a, probably the most natural transition from D'Antoni
1: than anyone on this list. You just wonder if he's ready. You know, I, I just don't know if you want to waste time. I, I, waste time isn't the best way to put it, but you just don't have a ton of time w- with this current group. And so do you want someone who's, who has to learn on the fly? I think that it, that tends to, to screw things up a little bit. Um, I, I, for me, and this is just me talking, if I am the Rockets, I am hiring Calvin Sampson. I am, um, bringing it, I am keeping Brett gunning on to be probably the lead assistant. I would go get Alvin Gentry to help out with some of the offensive stuff. Maybe give you to diversify the offense a little bit. Um, under what they do with gunning and what they do with samson and then i let samson go out and hire a defensive guy i let samson have his pick of whoever he would want to be to to be the defensive coordinator that's how personally i would handle it if i were them
0: personally when i talk about natural transitions from dan tony i think kenny atkinson is probably number two on that list you you can quabble maybe, maybe he's number three for you because you have kelvin samson really up there uh when he got hired by the Nets he introduced a very rocket style play to the organization they pushed the pace they shot a lot of threes layups and free throws so he's already really comfortable with a modern offensive philosophy and the way Daryl Morey wants to play Uh, he's got head coaching experience under his belt which is a plus he was on Jeff Van Gundy's coaching staff the organization's familiar with them, although it's been a really long time Um, and listen I'm intrigued by the Steve Nash hire in Brooklyn but I think he got a raw raw deal Uh, I think the moment he made the correct calculation that Jared Allen was better than DeAndre Jordan. He felt some pushback from the star players on that team in, in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And immediately he was ousted as head coach. And I didn't think that was deserved. And I think he's a good head coach. And I, I think he's well adjusted to the modern NBA. So I think this would be a, a, a decent name to look at for sure. I,
1: I would need to know more of why it didn't go well in Brooklyn. I, I I would need to know why the two stars really pushed back, and I, obviously the DeAndre Jordan thing will be brought up. I feel like it's more than that though, and for whatever reason, there was there was stuff that Kenny Atkinson was doing in Brooklyn that those two didn't buy into, and so you wonder: well, if those two didn't buy in, then are these Rockets veteran stars are they going to buy in? So. I would be a little wary just of how things ended with him in Brooklyn. And he's kind of gotten boxed in as this developmental guy, which isn't necessarily fair. But you know, there was a reason why he was hired in Brooklyn in the first place because it, he was thought of being a developmental guy. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how he would mesh with a bunch of veterans because the first time that we saw him have to deal with some veterans, it didn't work out all that well.
0: Right, and you know how I feel about the developmental tag, or, or just boxing a coach into that. Like, I I, just, I don't like when when we do this with head coaches. Like, you you're hired to coach the team you have, and for Kenny Atkinson, it was a young team, and he was he was a, he obviously has a developmental background there. So obviously, there, there's that on top of him coaching the young team. So I, I understand why he has it, but I don't think it's necessarily fair in terms of like what his next job should be. I don't think he should be exclusively looked at for jobs that are young rosters.
1: But here, here's the question that I would ask. So he has all the young guys in Brooklyn and it's going great. Every, you know, it's a great culture. Everyone's happy. They all love playing together and then they bring in the veterans. And now all of a sudden the water has been muddied a little bit. How much of that is on the veterans and how much of that is on the coach not conforming, or I don't know if conforming is the right word, but how much of that is not him, you know, doing a better job of reaching out to those two guys. I I would be curious to know uh, just from Durant and from Kyrie, why that went wrong the way that it did. And what did they see in him that made it, that made it to where they didn't believe in him as the head coach, because if, if they believed in him, if those two guys thought that Kenny Atkinson was the right coach for them, he would still be there, you know, regardless of what happened with the deandre jordan stuff but for whatever reason they didn't they didn't buy into him and i'd be curious to know why
0: that's definitely something the rockets have to figure out from the interview process um so sam cassell is probably the fan favorite here right uh he was with the clutch city rockets in the 90s all of his former teammates like him and have been not so subtly pushing him to get the job Uh, i think he's paid his dues as an assistant Uh, he's coached with doc rivers for pretty much the last decade I know players seem to really like him. Like, Austin Rivers is the guy who raves about him. Uh, He's got good interpersonal skills, which is a big part of being a head coach. Uh, I don't know how he'd fare as a head coach, but you could say that about pretty much any assistant on this list. Um, I'll say this. It's definitely a great hire for people like us in the media who are suckers for a good narrative. Like, that's definitely the kind of hire I would go for if I'm trying to win the press conference.
1: Yeah, and it brings some nostalgia. And this is a team that that really lives off nostalgia from what happened in the mid nineties and just kind of, they, they love living off their history. And so that does that. And then you're able to bring back, you know, some of, you know, you already have Clyde Drexler doing TV. Uh, you can have Rudy T show up at a bunch of games and, you know, in the one's around all the time. Mario Ellie's around all the time. So it, it allows you to really bring back that mid nineties nostalgia, which they, they absolutely love. Um, on, on the basketball end of things, you're right. He has 100% paid his dues. I mean, he has been, you know, he started out with Washington as an assistant, uh, and, and then he went with Doc Rivers to the Clippers, and he's been there for a while. I honestly think that Sam Cassell would have been a bigger fit. Or a, uh, he would have been a better fit uh, if Chris Paul still around because um, he has some history with Chris Paul, obviously having been on the Clippers staff. He doesn't really have that same history, though, with with Russell Westbrook. doesn't really have it with James Harden. So I think that the hire would have made more sense if Chris Paul were still with the Rockets.
0: You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager on than anyone else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And, and And that's a big thing with some of these coaches that don't have a relationship with the star players like you have to the first phone call you got to get you have to make as soon as you get the job is to these star players like right away you can't waste one second like uh, you have to build that right away because so, because you're going into a year where you're going to be considered a title contender or at least by the fans in the city a title contender see so in order to do that, you have to be on the same page from day one, so if you're Sam Cassell, you get the job you talk to those guys right away you build that relationship through i guess not the summer anymore through the winter uh, through the off season and then by the time training camp comes around you have at least some kind of you know foundation there
1: oh yeah and i i wonder how involved james harden russell westbrook pj you know, all these guys how involved would they be in the interview process because if it's me i want them involved as much as possible because i want to know what they think. I want to know if they are feeling some sort of a vibe with whoever they're talking to, especially if it's someone they don't have a relationship with, you know, you don't need to do that with Calvin Sampson because they all know Calvin Sampson. You don't need to do that with Brett Gunning because they all know Brett Gunning at this point. But if if it's someone from outside the organization, I need to make sure that these, that, that this is going to mesh well. And I need to know that during the interview process, if that's actually going to work.
0: They are going to be consulted on every coach. I, I, I 100% believe that. Um, so the guy that I think fan base the fan base most likes outside of Sam Cassell seems to be now this is just me like I I I, I have God knows I, no one's pulled this but it seems to be Jeff Van Gundy in terms of like the second fan favorite. Um, so I, I like Jeff. I like Jeff a lot. I think he's a really strong defensive coach. I think if you, I mean, if you look at his nine years as a head coach, they've never his teams have never been under top six in defense. Uh, I think he's like he comes off a little abrasive to the media when he's in that head coaching role he's a little intense he watches a ton of film he's, he gets a little obsessive about the game, but I think he does have good interpersonal skills. I think he's a, a quirky dude i mean you're starting to you, we've seen that over the past decade with him on these broadcasts but i think I think he'd be a guy who obviously is, i don't know honestly I don't know if he has a relationship with James harden or not he might he may he might not but I think he'd be able to develop that better than most because I think he's a really affable dude. I mean, in terms of a guy who's, you know, close with Daryl, I mean, J- Jeff is probably closer on this list than anybody else. I mean, he he's kept that relationship with Darryl Morey uh, ever since he, he, you know, got let go in 2007. And I think if you see a guy over and over again get linked to the coaching opening, like every time the Rockets have one, I mean, where there's smoke, there must be fire. I think the Rockets do have some interest here. You know, like I, I don't, I don't know how much interest, but I, I do think he's probably going to be one of the finalists for this job. Whether or not they go with him, I don't know, but I think he, he's definitely someone the Rockets are really interested in.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how to quantify the interest, and I don't know how much I would even want to go there if I were them. Just It's been 13 years. He hadn't sat on an NBA bench in 13 years. That's a long time. And the game is obviously very different now than it was back then. It's played much faster. I mean, his teams were posting up nonstop. They were playing probably, I think they were one of the slower-paced teams in the NBA back then, and the NBA was really slow back then already. Um, so it, it, it's been a long time. Uh, I, I just, that would worry me a little bit just that he hasn't gone through the grind and can you go through the grind the same way now as, as he did back then. Um, The the stuff with Harden, I I can't imagine that James Harden has any sort of a a relationship with him outside of, you know, when, when they talk before games, Uh, just because I don't really know how many people James Harden really has a relationship with, to be honest with you, that are uh, in the media or or really kind of outside the sport. Um, Everyone talks highly of him though. Uh, He, he is great with players. The players loved him when, when he was here last. Uh, I remember because there was the talk that he would not be brought back after that 2007 playoff series with Utah and Tracy McGrady was crying during the press conference, just talking about how much he liked him. Um, So, and Tracy McGrady was as big a star as there was in the NBA back then. He's going to be hard on his players. You know, he coaches you hard just like his brother does is, is that something that James Harden can handle? Because I, I don't think that James Harden has been coached hard here. You know, I, I think that he's kind of, he gets away with a lot of stuff. And so I wonder how he would handle, you know, a coach who kind of treats him a little bit differently than, than how, you know, it's gone with D'Antoni, especially over these last four years.
0: Um. So there's a lot to unpack there. So uh, one thing I caught while you were while you're speaking was like you said it's been a long time, and and this is something I've heard a lot with Jeff, right? Like it's been a long time. He hasn't coached in the modern NBA before, and I think I think that's probably a fair criticism. But I'll say this: he it's not like he's not watching NBA basketball, right? Like he, like over the over the past twelve years, he's been commentating all these games. He's been watching these games in his off time. I think he's familiar with the modern game, and I think. You know, he's an intelligent dude. I don't think he's going to try to run a 90-style offense if he gets the job. And the roster is not suited to playing that way. So I don't think, you know, like coaches coach the rosters they have. And I don't think he would be able to play that way. But I think the accountability aspect, I, I think that's probably why I, I think this would be a decent hire. Like, I think, I think the Rockets need some of that. Like, I think if you were to point to one thing the Rockets are lacking in terms of getting to the conference finals again and really competing for a title it's been their defense they've been middle of the pack the past two years ever since they've lost jeff bizdel like they haven't really had someone um really really emphasize the defensive end of the floor in a way that's actually led to substantive results so i think i think jeff would definitely be that guy and having brett gunning slide in there as a lead assistant i feel like that'd be a natural like natural place for Brett Gunnings if Jeff was hired I'm not sure if Jeff would be a natural hire though I think you're right like it is a diff if you're t- if you're talking about swerving from Mike D'Antoni to Jeff Van Gundy that is a hell of a swerve right two totally different dudes uh in terms of the way they operate the way they speak to the me the way they they interact with players the way they go about everything they do so I do think it'd be a diff a, a hell of a swerve but um you know I I, I think it'd be a decent hire like this is just me personally I, I don't I don't I don't think the time away from the game has is gonna really hurt him all that much. i think I think he's adaptable to a modern offense
1: It's not really the time away from it's the time away from just the grind and having to deal with players on a on a day to day basis. I think that's what matters more than will you know will he run a, a modern style because i I think that that wouldn't be much of a problem, but it's just he hasn't dealt with players on a daily basis in 13 years. Um, you know he hasn't had to deal with. You know, playing three games in four nights in, in 13 years. I, I wonder just, it takes some time just to get used to that. Uh, so I, I'm curious just at how he would do. But I, I, I'm also curious just if, you know, what type of an offense he would be interested in running, um, what type of a defense he would be interested in running. And we've, we've seen this team, you know, switch everything over, you know, the last three years or so. Um, is that something that he would want to stick with? Um, he was always a guy who had a center on the floor on every single possession. How does he feel about not having a center on the floor for long stretches of games? I, I think that you, I, I, the interview process, I think with him would be very, very interesting just to see how his views of the game have changed in the last 13 years or over the last 13 years. Did you think Jeff wants the job
0: by the way? Like, cause he has a really comfy ABC gig and I think he's turned down a lot of jobs over the last few years, I, 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 you know, the story has been, he hasn't gotten a job. I mean, I don't think that's true. I think, I think teams have called in and inquired about Jeff. And I think he said no, because he's really happy where he is at ABC. He he certainly sounds happy on the broadcast. Certainly sounds like he's in a really good spot, but do you think he wants to get back into that grind again?
1: I, I don't know. I really don't know. That's something that, you know, you would have to ask him, um, at some point, you know, all these guys are really competitive and you miss the competition aspect of it. You miss the wins and you miss the losses and and you miss being around the team and you miss chasing after something. I, I wonder if TV is boring at this point. Um, it doesn't sound like it is for him, but that's what makes you want to get back into coaching is that you're bored with TV. You're bored with, you know, not caring who wins and, and loses uh, whenever you go out there. Um, so I... I I don't know I, I I don't know if he is interested I, I I do know obviously he's interviewed he interviewed with the Rockets four years ago uh, I believe what he interviewed with New Orleans not too long ago as well so he's kind of he he did Team USA he was kind of the the pops backup coach for Team USA during the year when they needed to qualify for stuff uh, so he's kind of you know kept one foot. no no
0: he was the head coach he was the head yeah. coach for for that qualifying
1: team. Yeah, yeah. So he was, you know, essentially Pop's backup head coach. When, when, okay, I got when you. Pop, when, when Pop could not coach that qualifying team in season, uh, it would be Van Gundy who who would take that job, and he did well with it too, uh, everyone would say. Um, so I think that got the competitiveness, you know, back up for him a little bit. So, yeah, I, I'm curious. And, you know, the fact that he hasn't done it in 13 years and gone through that grind – does it become a little overwhelming for them? I think that's the other thing that you have to that that you have to think about is okay. This guy hasn't done it in so long. Does it become overwhelming if when they go on that first losing streak because that's going to happen? You know what happens when they hit some adversity for the first time. So yeah, I think those are the questions that need to be answered.
0: And in terms of the style of play aspect, do you feel like we're putting a lot of these coaches in boxes because we're, we're talking a lot about their former experience? Right. We're not. I'm not just talking about Jeff. I'm talking about all these coaches. Like I feel like a lot of these coaches. They're judged upon what they what the kind of rosters they've coached in the past, and then they're brandished as the that kind of coach. Oh, they only this coach only likes to coach this specific style. And I feel like, you know, like coaches only can only coach what they have in front of them. And I feel like we we have a tendency in the media to put them in boxes. That's probably my least favorite part about analyzing coaches. It's like Jeff not Jeff and Gundy, Mike D'Antoni had a pick and roll ball movement, player movement offense in Phoenix. And when he came to Houston, it was a very slowed down pick and roll in the beginning. Then it became an isolation, spread the floor offense in Houston. Like there are two different offenses when you look at what he did in Phoenix and what he did in Houston. And people used to put Mike in a box. And I feel like you can do that with a lot of coaches. But if you give them the tools to play, you know, a different way, they will adjust. Did you get what I'm saying there?
1: Oh, yeah, it does happen all the time. I think the the best example of this is Pat Riley, where he was the head coach of the Showtime Lakers in the 80s, and he goes to the Knicks, and they just play this slow, you know, brawling style of basketball. So the great coaches are really good at adapting to the talent that they have and understanding that this style doesn't necessarily work for this team. But there are also coaches who will go back to what they're comfortable with, and I do think that Van Gundy falls into that a little bit because Van Gundy played essentially the same way that he played in New York. He played that way in Houston. And he had more talent with the Rockets having, you know, McGrady and Yao. And they kind of played that same style, that same post-up. They would do some pick-and-roll stuff as well. Uh, but I, I don't know if uh, Van Gundy got everything out of, out of McGrady as he could have. I, they played very slow here, and they probably should have played a little bit faster. But again, you go to what you're comfortable with.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and it it definitely produced good results for them defensively, but offensively, I don't think they maximized those teams the, the way that they could have. That's I mean, that's why they brought in Rick Altman, right? Like that's part of the reason they brought him in. They wanted to maximize what Yao and McGrady could do together on the offensive end of the floor. And um for a year they I feel like they did that, but then you know, obviously in, the injuries kind of held them back a little bit. But um yeah, it'd be interesting. It it'd definitely be I I'd I'd want to see what Jeff would would be like as a head coach of his NBA. He's definitely the guy on this list who interests me the most in terms of I don't know what I'm going to get. Like I feel like I know what I'm going to get from most of these coaches. I don't know what I'm going to get with Jeff. Uh and that that to me is probably the most interesting part of it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm 100% on the Calvin Sampson bandwagon and and I know it gets a little tricky and this is one you know, most NBA teams don't have to worry about, you know, the college team in their city because the owner has hands in both, in both jars. Um, and, and I think that that's probably something that, that gets factored in here a little bit is this Tillman want week in U of H by, by helping out his, his, his the, the Rockets. But yeah, I, I do think that Kelvin Sampson is probably ready to be a head coach in division one basketball at this point. But for me, it's Kelvin Sampson is the number one on the list.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I didn't expect you to have this take. I, I know I know, we had talked before, and I, I knew you had an interest in Calvin Sampson. Uh, I, I didn't know you had this opinion. I mean, that's that's definitely something you're going to find unique uh, among the media here. So, I mean, that, that's for sure. I, I wonder if he gets brought up in the interview press. So I haven't I haven't heard his name yet, but again, I haven't heard any names yet. We've only heard like three names, like Ty Lu, Sam Cassell, and Jeff N. Gundy are pretty much the only three names we've heard, and Jason Kidd. Other than that, we haven't really heard any names yet. Like, I think the process uh, is probably going to start sometime in the next couple of weeks. So, I'd be interested to see what kind of names show up.
1: It's been a very quiet process so far. It's been two weeks. Um, Tomorrow marks, you know, we're doing this on Saturday. You know, so tomorrow is the the two week anniversary of Mike D'Antoni saying that, you know, he wasn't going to return. Um, so I, I am curious. You know, I, I'm curious to know just kind of what has gone down under uh, behind the scenes, uh, who they've reached out to, who they've talked to, who they've made overtures to. Uh, at this point, obviously, you know, some of these coaches were still coaching. You know, the Clippers were still playing when D'Antoni um, announced that he wasn't going to return. Uh, I believe D'Ant- I believe the Clippers were still playing at that point. Um, the Lakers are obviously still playing, so that kind of you know screws things up with. Jason Kidd and Van Gundy's in Orlando at this point uh, calling games. So um, it, it has been a, a very quiet process so far, which is somewhat surprising.
0: Yeah. And it's I think it's definitely going to be a long process for sure because... It was that, a long time. Yeah. I mean, the, this is what the Rockets typically like to do. They like to do a thorough process for their, when they choose their next coach. So I think it's not going to be any different this time around.
1: Yeah. They took some heat last uh, the last time they did this because it, it did take so long. I mean, they they were eliminated from the playoffs, what, middle of April in 16, and D'Antoni wasn't hired until June. And so you know, there were a lot of people saying, what are, what are what are these guys doing? Why are they talking to so many people? Just hire a coach. Um, but they're going to go through their process. They handled it the right way four years ago. They hired the right guy four years ago. And I think that they will probably repeat the same process. I think that you want to get as many opinions on your organization as you can because you don't get this opportunity very often, at least you hope you don't.
0: And, you know, there's going to be talk about whether or not, you know, they lose out on some coaches from doing a long process. You know, you you might, you might lose out on like maybe Ty Lue or something, but I don't think you're going to lose out on a good coach. Like you might lose out on the coach you wanted, but you're, you're, you're going to, there are so many qualified head coaches in the NBA just swarming as assistants, as former head coaches. I think you're gonna find a good head coach from this process. I don't. I don't think it really matters how long it takes. You know, you, again, you might lose your your initial target, but you're still gonna get a really damn good head coach.
1: I mean, Frank Vogel was what the Lakers' third choice to be their coach, and that's worked out pretty well for them. So, yeah, so, sometimes the first sometimes the first choice doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, listen, I really appreciate having you on. Uh, where can we follow you on Twitter and read your work?
1: Uh, at Adam Spolane, A D A M S P O L A N E. A lot of Astros playoff stuff stuff right now. So uh I, I am planning on writing something about Kelvin Sampson uh between, you know, now and, and the end of the weekend, but uh to me that's the that, that should be the no brainer.
0: Yeah, you have me really nervous when you mentioned the Astros in the playoffs, man. They're they're really stressing me out. But yeah, uh this was fun. Uh hope you guys enjoyed.